0: This is the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Filling in for JT this week, it's Las Vegas native and member of Raider Nation, Jason Fitz.
1: Oh, he
2: didn't make Uh, it. I was close. I was close, Fitz.
1: You know what? We were all listening. Everybody was waiting. That's right. It's the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. But it is not JT The Brick, obviously. You're getting the sweet, sultry tones of Batman and Robin, I, I I don't know, like, you know, Freddie and Jason, I don't know what we are, but I know together we are the dream tag team that fills in. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz, hanging out. We'll be with you for the next couple of hours. Eddie, uh, I think we should come up with a name, like a dynamic duo name, uh, you know, some sort of a. if we were a pro wrestling tag team, what would our name be? I mean, there there's something here. And for anyone that hasn't seen us, Polar opposites. Eddie, you know, always dressed professionally. He's got a polo on. Hair looks good. He's fine. I'm wearing a Jason Voorhees cartoon T-shirt with my <laughs> arms tatted out, sitting in a closet trying to figure out how to talk about the Raiders. So, Eddie, I, I don't know what the name of the tag team should be, but we should let Raider Nation decide we, what to call us.
2: That's a great a great point, Vince. we got to figure out something, man, because we've done enough of these now where it's like we, we've kind of – I don't want to say we're building the brand, but the brand is under construction. I think that's fair to say. So I think that we should we should let the people, you know, I think you and I both, one thing that we've always aligned on, I think one of the reasons that we're, we're, we work so well together and we're such good pals, we're both men of the people, right? We, want, we both want to be in the mix. We don't want to be up in our, our ivory penthouse somewhere looking down at the commoners. We want to be in the grit and the grime. We want to feel the rhythm of the city, baby. So at this point, yeah, let's let the people, uh, let's have them have their chance to, to see what the dynamic duo nickname should be going forward.
1: You guys can tweet us at Eddie Pascal, at uh, Jason Fitz, and hang out with us. Obviously, you can hang out with us on the phone. Of course, we'll be hanging out for the next couple of hours. 702-365-9200. That's how you load up the phone line. 702-365-9200. Now, Eddie, we're going to be real here. I, I told you yesterday what I wanted to talk about today with the radio. Yes. And uh, I'm throwing a complete curveball for you. Are you ready for this? Like, we are going to live workshop something on air that has occurred to me in the last 20 minutes. But I think it's important for even though it's not necessarily a Raiders first story, I think it, it changes the way... Raiders come into the organization for the next 10 years I'm about to do the magical mystical wondering of trying to tie name image likeness into the NFL but I'll tell you how I'm gonna do it okay because for anyone that hasn't seen we've got Nick Saban out here yelling saying the Texas A&M cheated in recruiting and they're buying everybody right And you've got Texas A&M turning around and and calling uh, Nick Saban a narcissist we have all of this stuff but I'm gonna tell you why Eddie I think every single NFL fanatic, like if you only if you are that person that lives, eats and breathes Sunday football, name image likeness is something you are desperately hoping and praying works forever for college football. And see there's there's some logic to this because All this conversation about what to do with kids that are getting all this money all of a sudden and and what does it mean for college football, we're forgetting one important element of it, and that is what does it mean for young professionals when they enter the landscape of becoming professionals? Like, I'm hit, Eddie, by thinking about all of the draft picks that were just drafted that mm-hmm. now suddenly have to move all the way across country they got to figure out vegas they got to figure out where to live got to figure out what to do with their dog got to figure out what to do with their girlfriend or their wife they got to figure out how to make their family happy all while they're getting ready for otas and rookie camps all while they're trying to adjust their life that is so much and then on top of it you got to figure out how to manage money like in my mind if you've come from a name-image likeness generation you might have a foot forward in at least understanding business marketing and what to do with yourself that will take one Massive adjustment off your plate when you become a pro.
2: You know that's an, that's an interesting point, Fitz, because you and I have talked about this off air before, and it's something that you know it's it's kind of my uh, you know my little little soapbox that I get on from time to time is that when I think of of all the classes that I took in high school and all the classes that I took in college, very few of those classes provided me any type of real world experience of what to expect when you become a quote unquote adult. Right? Now sure, is it nice to have a little basis of, of literature and things like that? Absolutely. But like let's be real, man, the last time I used trigonometry in the real world was never, <laughs> never, ever. And in all seriousness though, like it's something that I've talked about with my wife and my buddies a lot, where it's like, it would have been so beneficial for me, as a high school senior, as, as a freshman or sophomore in college, to have a class on budgeting, right? Have a, And look, I'm not making millions of dollars a year when I was 22, but it's like to have just some sort of base of knowledge of how to exist in the real world is so important, is so crucial. And I think that it really is a disservice of our education system that we don't put kids, whether they're high school, college age, or young graduates in a position to succeed in that aspect of of, of their life. So now to your point, you have these these young guys coming out that went to Alabama or A&M or wherever they they come from, and now they have a little bit of knowledge that they're coming out with, a little bit of, hey, how do I balance my money? Hey, what's important for me to put my name on? What's important for me to stay away from? I think that does, to your point, benefit them as pros going forward. I think it really does.
1: So much conversation happened years ago. I'll be the old Raiders fan on the block for a second. And remind everybody what it felt like watching Jamarcus Russell uh, not pan out in the pros. And it's funny because what so many of us do when we watch a bust in the draft is we yell at the player. And we talk about what it meant for our fandom to watch a player not succeed. And we rarely step back and just think about the human being. And I said at the time, and I'll say till I'm dead, if I was Jamarcus Russell's age and at the time you handed me roughly $30 million fully guaranteed – I wouldn't have done the right things with my life. Like, I, I that's a, that's just a real honest admission, you know. And and then I think to your point about the beginning of my career in music. And, you know, when I first started in Nashville playing studio sessions, Eddie, I thought I was like, I was raking in cash, right? Because they pay pretty well, right? Sure. Like, especially when you're a kid. Like, you're like, oh, man, this is good money, right? Well, I would go out. I'd play a session for a big artist. And I'm like, all right, I got some cash in my pocket. I'm going to go spend it. And what I didn't realize is that from the day that I played that session, for example, the label has three months to submit a bill and then six more months to pay a bill and then a year to, to, to uh, you, where you can go back and yell at them about it. And, like, I, there were sessions that I played for huge artists that took two years to pay. Oof. And in the meantime, I found myself broke, right? And and that's why Berkeley uh, famously became one of the first colleges for music to come in and be like, hey, we need to teach people how to market yourself. We need to teach kids how to budget as a musician, how to create invoices, how to understand how to get your bills paid, and like all of those things that now are becoming more and more standard in the music business. And I look at name image like this and what I keep hearing when I hear coaches like Saban and coaches like Jimbo Fisher come out and yell is they're yelling about all of the problems for these kids. I'm looking at it as, wow, what an opportunity for kids at a school that may want to become agents to learn firsthand Mm -hmm. while they talk to kids that are trying to figure out how to play football firsthand. Like, all of this becomes at least a little bit more normal for you when you walk into a big situation. Because if you are, you know, a third-round draft pick, and we're going to talk today about the tiers in the AFC, where the late Raiders are, in my mind, in the AFC. But if you're a third-round draft pick coming out of Memphis, and now you suddenly – Have to figure out. I've been around that Memphis football program, went through a game day. You got to figure out how to grow from Memphis to the NFL. You got to figure out what position you're going to be playing. You got to figure out new coaches. You also got to figure out how to live in dang Las Vegas, Nevada. Like, those are real elements and challenges that are so difficult to figure out. Anything they can do at college that helps prepare them, I think, is a win.
2: Yeah, and I agree with you and and I think that oftentimes when we talk about the that name image name image likeness stuff, we always we automatically think of and for good reason, the kids that have the the million dollar Nike deals, the the guys that are getting the brand new Escalades from from their local dealership. But it benefits not only uh, you know the big dogs on campus, right? Your starting quarterback, your star, you know, defensive end. You know, to your point, it helps the kids further down the pecking order, right? Just because you're not clearing a million five in cars and houses and things like that, like there are objectively positive things to learn from this experience. So to your point, hey, maybe I'm you know the walk on cornerback, and maybe I know that hey, my next chapter isn't going to be playing football on Sundays, but I want to get ready to continue my career. As an agent, uh, as as a social media marketer, as whatever it may be, insert job title here. And now you have the opportunity to talk to your peers, to talk to the guys that you're in the locker room with. Okay, like hey, hey, player X, I, I noticed that you got this beautiful, nice, you know, nice wad of money. You're driving that fancy car. Have you really thought like talk? Talk me through it. What does that process look like? So yeah, it impacts the guys who do have that fancy car, but it also impacts the guys across the board athletically that just want to learn and want to get ready for whatever is next, whether it's playing on, uh, you know, like I said, playing on Sundays or not.
1: Yeah, it's Eddie Pascal, Jason for JT The Brick on Raider Nation Radio. And uh, look, you guys can be a part of this conversation. Like I said, we'll get to the, the standards. Where do the, Where – I'm going to tear the AFC out. I'll explain that. We'll do that in a little bit. But I think this is such an important moment because coming off of the draft, uh, you know, one thing that really hit me, I think it was the first time I was hanging out with Marcus Spears. Now, if anyone's ever seen Marcus Spears on ESPN, Marcus Spears is the exact same in the green room that he is when he's, you know, on camera. And the first time I was ever hanging around with him, we were at ESPNU in Charlotte, tiny station. Nobody was watching my show with Mike Oleg Jr. Nobody was watching his show on SEC Network. But we had the same green room, right? And so I'm sitting down in between Mike and and Swagoo. And the conversation almost immediately went to how much system matters and how much how guys are being used matters. And you and I talk every time we break down games about what the responsibility is for coaches, Right. But one thing that hits me is if I'm going to believe that system matters that coaching matters to making guys great football players, the question is who's coaching them to make them great men? Mm Because I I know some agents that are not – I know some agents that are great and I know some agents – and even for me, like coming from a lifetime in the music business, when I came over to sports broadcasting – I had all these agents that were suddenly calling and saying, hey, let me represent you. The same agents that, by the way, uh, were quick to tell me I was absolutely out of my damn mind when I said I wanted to leave the music business to go to sports. Then we're like, oh, no, I've loved you for you. But but <laughs> there's this moment, and like I'm a grown-ass man trying to figure that out, and it was not easy. It took me over a year to figure this whole process out on my own, and I have life experience. Like... The way these kids are being pulled and what's demanded of them, I, I think it, we live in a society that doesn't allow us to give rookies two or three years to develop anymore. But Eddie, we need to, and if if there's an opportunity for a kid to be a better businessman coming out, at least that takes one chunk off their plate. Plus if they got two nickels to rub together because of what they did in college, that takes another pressure off of their plate when they're moving too. like that, you you're not looking at that first paycheck saying, Oh my God, what do I do with this? And how do I take care of my mom? Like that's a, a much different world.
2: Yeah, I mean, you and I have talked about it at length about how it feels like, and it's not—it's certainly not a positive thing. But how, how it feels like, oftentimes we forget about the human side of these dudes, right? Like, I can't imagine being 21, moving to a place that I've never been my entire life, richer than I could have ever imagined, asked to you know, kind of take a huge step in your in your job professionally, and all you know, try to navigate this at at 21, 22, and but to that point, though, I think. The NFL has done a really good job, and and I'll give some credit to the the people here internally, of building out these player engagement departments, right? We have a fantastic staff uh, upstairs on the third floor that really, to your point, helps the the people part of this job. Because you talk about the rookie from Memphis, you talk about the rookie from insert school here. I don't think there's the expectation that they're going to come in as a finished product on the field or off the field. So you need to have that coach to get you ready to go on Sunday, but you also need to have the coach to make sure you're, you're paying your taxes, to make sure that the cable is connected, to make sure that, hey, I, you pay the water bill this month so at home, you can take a shower, all that kind of good stuff. So I, I will say, I think the league has done a, a really good job over the, the past decade or so of building up those departments. Uh, and like I said, the folks that we have here internally doing that job, they do a fantastic job. It's a very important job here in this building, but you can... You know, we we talk about it all the time. More education is never a bad thing. Being better equipped to do whatever it is, to host a radio show, to, to do a TV show, to be a football player, to do whatever. Having more information, having a bigger base of knowledge is never, ever, ever fits a bad thing.
1: Well, and, Eddie, you obviously know the building better than I would ever, and I think it's great that those systems are in place and becoming a bigger, bigger part of it. I've spent a lot of time in Nashville, and one thing that that hit me, you know, uh, Traylon Burks was the Arkansas wide receiver that was selected in the first round, and he came to minicamp last week. A little out of shape compared to what you need in the NFL, and I I happened to be in Nashville when that happened, and listening to people just to as non-professional and all the things that come out, I think you know all of us could remember that there's a bit of an adjustment for, for everybody yeah. getting into it. Like We could all afford to just take a step back and also understand that every single regime, every single coaching staff is playing two games, the short game the long game. I think the Raiders organizationally have told you that they are all in on the short game. But Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have a responsibility to keep an eye on the long game and how this rookie class, for example, fares into all of that is going to be interesting because there's very little that will be decided week one, week two, week three about mostly interior line picks, whether it's on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. None of us are going to be smart enough to know. So it's important those processes exist. It's important that the guys get time to develop. And it's important that we as human beings step back and say, hey, none of us were great at our job day one. Give everybody the time to grow into it.
2: Well, do one thing too, Fizz, is that these people that that get completely worked up, outraged, worked into a lather about NFL news on May 19th is something <laughs> I will never understand. Oh my gosh, uh, Player X showed up, he's seven pounds overweight, or oh, Player Y looks a little skinny, like chill out <laughs> like can we all take a break like we're two months out from the start of training camp like i i understand that the nfl to their credit has done a fantastic job of making sure that the nfl is a 24 7 365 type of league but let's have a little perspective shall we as challenging as it may be just a little bit fits i'm not asking for too much am i
1: we're just asking for everybody to take one deep breath and That's say it. all right could have worked out just fine. That being said, I think everybody needs to take a deep breath when it comes to ranking things. You know, I, I'm We're going to set this up for everybody. I want you guys to chime in. This is obviously JT the Brick Show. We all know that JT loves being interactive. We want to be interactive with you. 702-365-9200, that's how you can get in on the phones and give us your thoughts. But I, I got to thinking about rankings. And, look, I hate rankings. Because I think one thing that we need to understand, first and foremost, is that when somebody says he's a top-ten quarterback – I don't think that that person has necessarily taken the time before that statement to count out who the 10 quarterbacks are. I think top 10 has become a, a phrase. It's a general comment. Like he's a top 10 player means he's a really good quarterback. It doesn't mean that somebody has sat down and said, well, where would I rank this player versus this player? So I'm already sort of out on rankings, but I, I think I'm going to relate
2: this to alcohol,
1: Eddie, because that's what we can do on this show. You and sure. I have an appreciation for the finer things. like we
2: like, we and, 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 and sometimes the, uh, the simpler things as well. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, let, let's
1: be real. The finer things is just a fancy way of saying, like, I pour my cheap beer into a nice glass. That's all. <laughs> but when you walk into a bar and you ask for, let's say you're, you're, you're like me and you're as basic as possible, and you're walking into a bar and you order an old-fashioned. One of the things they ask you about your old fashioned is, you know, what kind of liquor do you, what kind of whiskey do you want? Now, you you may have a an idea, but you're not sitting here saying, I would like the third best whiskey. I would like the fifth best whiskey. You're not doing that. You understand a range. If you walk in and you order a vodka soda, then they'll say, what kind of vodka do you want? Well... If I say Tito's, for example, it doesn't mean that I specifically want Tito's. It means I want something in the range. And we all understand that different vodkas fall into different ranges. Different whiskeys fall into different ranges. Different beers fall into different ranges. Some days you want yourself a really cheap beer. Some days you want yourself a really expensive beer. But range is important because what I think we can have some success with, instead of sitting here saying, where do the Raiders rank in the AFC? Uh, well, that, that, that there's too many variables. Which tier are the Raiders in? That feels to me like a little more interesting conversation. Are you in for this?
2: Yes. I'm all in for a little nuance, Fitz. I sure am. Because, I mean, it feels like you're talking about, oh, top 10 quarterback. It feels like every year there's like 13 to 17 top 10 quarterbacks. So you're just like, oh, hang on. So if we're listing them out, top 10, top 10, top We're at 14. Just by the nature of the exercise, everyone can't be a top 10 quarterback. And that's okay. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and a reminder, you don't have to
1: have a top 10 quarterback to win the Super Bowl. I will remind everybody that, again, remember Trent Dilfer walks around with a ring on his finger. Anyway, uh, aside from that, throwing all this shade, Trent's wondering why he crawled straight and he's just hanging around. He's like, come on, uh, man. It's a beautiful Thursday. <laughs> here's what I'll tell you. here's the, There is one clear team at the absolute top in the finest tier of all the land in the AFC. There is one team that I think you can look at and say, uh, without a doubt, this year the expectation is they are contending for a Super Bowl. That team is the Buffalo Bills. Everybody else Everybody else falls into a different tier. We'll figure out which tier the Raiders fall into along with the rest of the AFC West, and we'll do it next. 702-365-9200 is how you get in on this conversation. I know you will be angry about tiers. We will have the conversation in a reasonable way. 702-365-9200. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. This is the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio.
0: To the JT the Brick Show. Filling in for JT. Here's ESPN radio's Jason Fitz.
1: And Eddie Pascal and Eddie like, Pascal. Like, I, you, I look, Eddie, like you want to say it yourself next time, but like voice a God yeah. after that, like yeah, I'll, vo- you know? I'll voice of
2: God at the next the next time we're we're coming back from break. We had it that one time, right? We you know had it that mean. that single solitary moment where I felt like I made it. I was telling my parents, I was telling my loved ones, hey, all that hard work, it paid off, it paid off. Th- and then it was I just don't want to get in your face. head,
1: but like maybe that's a statement about how the last time went, Eddie. Maybe they're like, that's hey, true. we got it. We gotta we gotta dial the young buck down a little bit you know that's uh that's it's 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 okay though you know what? Hey man I'm,
2: I'm never I'm never above getting better fits I'm never above constructive criticism I'm, I'm never above being humbled and if this is what it takes to bring me back down to earth so be it
1: well I you know what I'm not uh, I'm not exactly sure why uh, my name still gets listed but hey I'll take it all day every day uh, I, I took to Twitter to ask uh, Twitter to try and name our dynamic duo uh so far nothing nothing hit me yet i need some creativity out here uh you know but uh, there was an idea for beanie and cecil uh, but i'm not sure how i feel about that Uh, i i I, I don't know is, it, like, is this one of those
2: beanie? is this one of those references that's going to that's going to date cuz I that means nothing to me brother.
1: It, it's it's definitely an old man cartoon reference <laughs> but I still, you know man, it, it's 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 not bad. Uh, uh, you guys can obviously chime in not just on uh, not just on naming our dynamic duo although you know we always welcome that uh, but you can also chime in on the show overall 702 What's the number? 365-9200. Looking it up here. It's, it's, I'm all over the place, Eddie. There's a text line, too. I don't have the text line in front of me. Do you have the text line,
2: Eddie? Uh, I don't. Okay, no, I we'll do get the text line. But we'll we get go. it. We'll, we'll figure it out. It. We'll figure hey, it out. Hey, okay. call. Come talk to us. That's more fun anyways. Like I said, yeah. you and I are, are, are people, people, people? Personal, people, persons? I don't know. People, people. Yeah, yeah. We'll go people, give us people. a call. Give us a call. Don't, s- don't send us a text.
1: Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start putting everybody in tears in a second, uh, and not not as in like crying, uh, more is in like the tears of top shelf, uh, ver- all the way down to well. Like uh, in this analogy, we can all agree that the Buffalo Bills are top shelf. And, of course, at the other end of it are the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting in the well category. The Houston Texans are in the well category. We could keep them all the way down in the well category. Now, many have argued that everybody not named Houston or Jacksonville could this year make a push for the playoffs. I think that's a lot of bias based on what we saw last year. I do not think that we should be talking about all of them in that same category. Are you with me or are you against me, Eddie? Are we feuding already?
2: No, I don't, I don't think we're feuding. I think, I think we're very much kind of aligned there. I think I certainly agree with you. We're, at this point, as we sit here and talk on May 19th, uh, the Buffalo Bills, the toast of the town, if you objectively look at, at the state of the NFL, at the state of the AFC, I mean, that, that Buffalo Bills team is a team that is, has won a lot is ready to keep winning, and it feels like we're kind of approaching their moment, right? We, we get to these points in, in the calendar uh, year after year after year, you feel like, okay, this team is kind of ascending. Is it their time now? And it feels like we're knocking on the door uh, of the Buffalo Bills getting their moment in the sun. Now, will that actually happen? I sure hope not because the Raiders are in the AFC, and I would love nothing more than to, uh, than to have the Raiders host an AFC championship game here at beautiful Allegiant Stadium. But all the same, I think objectively looking at it, they are the best of the best right now. We should say in huge, you know, bold letters, subject to change, because as the one thing that we all know is that this league is fluid, it is dynamic, it is ever-changing, Fits, But I agree with your point. They seem to be like the best of the best right now. And as we get, you know, as we look lower and lower uh, as we go through the ranks of the AFC, I think there's a lot of good teams. I don't know if there's a lot of teams that are going to live up to the hype in 2022, though.
1: Are you a big wine guy? Eddie, does Eddie Pascal, like, does he mess with the wines?
2: No, I, you know, I should. It's actually really funny. The, uh, the first time that my, my now wife came to visit my, my family in Northern California, we were still in college, uh, and this is going to sound a lot bougier than it, than it mm-hmm. actually is, but to, get, to drive from Eugene, Oregon, to Petaluma, where my parents live, uh, it's, it's a really nice drive, especially those last couple hours. And you have to, that last 30 to 45 minutes is literally just winding through different vineyards and things like that uh and she goes oh my god you live here and i was like well i mean yeah not here in this vineyard i live in a neighborhood but yeah i mean this is kind of the deal uh and she goes well how come you don't like wine so i don't i don't not like wine i don't dislike wine i just don't have an appreciation for it fits you know what i mean so it's like uh, do i enjoy a glass on a cold winter's evening absolutely but are you if you're gonna ask me for the you know the notes the scents, all that kind of stuff i'm not your guy
1: yeah, I I uh, had some friends over from ESPN, and I won't uh, I won't uh, you know make them feel bad by outing them here, but uh, I thought I'd bought like a nice bottle of red wine. People mm. were coming over; it was like like a sixteen seventeen dollar bottle at the store. That's I thought nice. that was pretty good. That's I thought nice. that was good. They laughed at me, and they're like, "You need to get like they they were of the belief that you got to get to that triple digits to get to a nice bottle." Oh. and I'm not willing to do that. Like, to don't me, do it. It, it. None of it tastes like that good. I you know, so I'm not going to spend the money on it. But my point is great vineyards have bad years and when they do for anyone that doesn't know it is not uncommon for a vineyard that doesn't have a year up to standard for them to sell off that wine and they sell it off to another lower vineyard that gets to have a better year than ever because they're using a wine that's usually out of their their realm so what's the reason i say that is because i think the bills right now are a great vineyard they've let things grow organically They've done it slow the way they want to. They haven't listened to any outside noise to the development of Josh Allen. Even when everybody in the world, including most of us that sit in front of a microphone and most fans, were out there poo-pooing Josh Allen, they didn't care. They just let Josh Allen cook the way he wanted to cook, right? And so now what they have is, I think, a consistently good vineyard. Doesn't mean they can't have a bad year. Sometimes the weather's just not there for you. But if they have a bad year, that's just going to be one of those things. If I have to bank today very early on a team in the AFC... because they are so talented and they're good across the board. The team that has, I think, been their, their nemesis has been the Kansas City Chiefs, right? For me, I'm putting the Kansas City Chiefs in a tier, as we tier these things, below the Bills. So I personally am putting the Bills in a tier all by themselves. I think they are the one team in the AFC that you can say, look – it doesn't have to break right. It just doesn't. Ha- it just can't go wrong, and they can still get their way to the AFC Championship game. Like that, to me, is a level of tier that most don't have. So I'm putting the Bills in that alone, and now I'm creating another tier below them that is still really, really good liquor. It just doesn't.
2: It- it's just not quite to that same level. You with me on that? A hundred percent. And I think that you know when we objectively look at these these tiers, like we're, we're going to do over the next little bit here, I think it's important to remember that. This is not, uh, you know, we're not ranking one to whatever, 15, whatever is. is. We're bulking them together because to your point, uh, we're figuring out where people generally belong. And like we talked about the top 10 situation – you know this this gives us a little more flexibility, a little more chance to be nuanced, a little chance to not yell and scream at one another about oh you have this person over here oh blah blah blah. So yeah, I, I agree with you that the Bills, uh, uh, f- at least right now, it feels like kind of the toast of the town, the best of the the best, the creme de la creme. But there are certainly a lot of really good teams in that that next tier, that Kansas City Chiefs tier of like hey you're paying big money for this cocktail. It, it might not be with the uh, the best of ingredients, but it's really gonna it's really good. It's the high quality and it gets where you need to go. 702-365-9200. We'll keep breaking this down, but Rod
1: in Vegas wants to chime in on the show. Rod, thanks for hanging out with us, Eddie and Fitz. Uh, what do you got, brother? Thanks for calling the show.
0: Jason, Eddie, what is going on? How are We're you guys We're living today? the dream. Fantastic, Rod.
2: Now, I, no, I must no ask, I, I, have a, I have a friend named Rod who's on a bachelor party right now. You're not that Rod, oh, are wait. you?
0: No, I'm not that Rod. This Rod is Jerrod. So I earned that name because um, we had two Jareds on the job, and I became Rod, Raider Rod, to be exact.
2: Okay. Nice. Welcome, Rod. Well done. Welcome. The, well
0: done. Because I was the Raider fan on the job.
1: That's awesome. So what yeah. do you got for us, bud?
0: Well, um, I, I was uh, intrigued by your, your opening um, monologue there. Um, it, you know, were you guys aware that the governor in Florida was trying to get this um, passed in, in the schools where um, home ec would really be Home economics, where you actually learn um, economics for your life, more like life skills instead of home ec. Um, I think it's. I think Jason, you're spot on with it, ha- helping these prospects come in and maybe not have such a heavy weight on their soldiers, uh shoulders. Um, financial responsibility is heavy, and I think it's underestimated sometimes what the toll can take on. Someone that moves across country, or even in the same state, out of college to the pros. So I think that was a great take, and and um, I, I don't know the exact article. I wish I could uh, reference it better for you guys, but yeah, I mean, um, there's at least one state that's trying to trying to make it happen. And as far as for the name of of the fill-ins, I would say um, let's go with Ian J. Come on. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. At, if right. you want to get informed in a big old way, come on and get you some
1: ENJ. Look at I, I mean it rhymes. Right around up. Thanks for the call, man. I I love that. Are, are you Eddie doesn't like that name. He's I do on. No,
2: I do. I'm I'm smiling because as a much younger man Fitz, are you familiar with the uh, the ENJ brand of uh of of spirits? Yes. Uh does does that mean that we're 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 trying to get a deal already? Like we're barely out the gates and we're trying I'm, to get the I mean, look, I'll tell you this. There's a reason I drank e and j as a much younger man, and I don't think it's on my liquor sh- uh, liquor shelf now, but I will say <laughs> this it it conjures it conjures incredibly positive memories. it It conjures that good old sense of nostalgia. Uh, and I'll tell you this, my my college buddies, I'm sure, will get quite the chuckle if they're listening to say e and J. look. I
1: just want to know when I'm ever going to be on a show where my name comes first. Like it's always, it's always somebody else in fits. You well, know, Jason, like well, Jason, just, I'll say
2: this: your name is the only one on this show right now. So,
1: well, that is fair. That is, you know, uh, I am big time in you all, all, uh, all day, every day. Uh, you know. We just have to be careful. I don't think we should go uh, with our last names in, in in that order. I won't I won't acronym it for everybody's yep. purposes. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but I, I think as long as Ian J, like if it gets us some some side hustle, I'm all in on that. Yeah, uh, seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Uh, speaking of liquors that are on a different uh, on a different tier, uh, look at that segue. Bang uh, bang bang. As we go as we tier the AFC, Eddie. When we get into that second tier, this is where it gets really difficult in the afc because the fact is there are so many quality teams but there are reasons you could make compelling reasons if you are not a fan to doubt many of them if you go back and look at last year for example the tennessee titans were the number one seed in the afc i think the tennessee titans took not just a step back this year I think they've taken a drastic step back I don't think the Titans will be anywhere near As dominant as they were last year They've gotten rid of A.J. Brown They decided to replace one of the Arguably, we'll say 5-ish Because you know I hate ranking uh, One of the top 10-ish wide receivers in the NFL They decided to Replace with arguably the 7th best wide receiver In this year's draft Like That feels like that's asking a lot of uh, Traylon Burks Out of Arkansas, so uh, they take a step back there Their offensive line has some questions on it They also sent a message to the Locker room that I think is not insignificant that they didn't pay AJ Brown. Ryan Tannehill has not been around many camps. Now Malik Willis is there, which creates another layer of controversy. Derrick Henry's people are clear that he wants to get more guaranteed money in a new deal right now. Like there's chaos around the Titans. We just don't cover it because nobody gives a damn about the Titans. So I think the Titans, even though they were 12 and 5 last year and a very, very good football team, I think they take a step back. So I'm comfortable not only putting them in a tier below the Bills, I'm not even sure that the Titans put themselves in the same tier as some of the. They may fall from number one overall to that third tier for me.
2: Now, now let me ask you this, and I know we're going to get through the division at some point, but as you were talking there, the first thing that came to mind to me, you we're talking about teams that are, you know, are, are a bit of a, con, you know, a question mark right now in good ways and in bad ways. How do you look— at the Chargers of Los Angeles, because I think there's a legitimate argument argument to be made that they are in that tier right below the Bills. Talent-wise, they have a stud quarterback. They've improved that defense. They are a good football team, but I think there's also a very valid argument to say, okay, but they haven't done anything in X years. I don't know if we're comfortable putting them in that tier. Maybe they're even a tier or two below that. So you know, not to get too far off the uh, off our, our you know route here, Fitz, but. Where do you, how do you look at the Chargers and where they fit in this whole mosaic of the AFC?
1: So the, the funny thing about the Chargers is I think if you take your Raiders fan hat off, like for me, I'm talking to myself because Eddie's m- far more professional than I am. If I take my Raiders hat, fan hat off and I instead, uh, I lost a bet and I somehow managed to put a Chargers hat on for a day. It would not be a day I was proud of, but I put that Chargers hat on for a day and I decide I'm a Chargers fan. I can say many of the same things about both teams if I'm a hater, right? Like, if you look at the Chargers, they have one clear downfall. That is their offensive line. It's easy to look at their offensive line and say that's what has to be addressed. They have a coaching staff that has no proof of concept that they can actually get to the playoffs. The Raiders won the important game that got them to the playoffs last year. You can make the argument that why are we so high on Justin Herbert when it's not like he got him into the playoffs last year. Like, you can say – All of these things, just like Chargers fans come in and say, well, the Raiders offensive line is a question mark. And is Josh McDaniels really going to be that good of a coach? And Derek Carr, is he being overrated as a quarterback? Like these arguments are the exact same. That being said, if you were playing Madden, and right now this early in the season, that's all we can do is play Madden. If you were playing Madden and you put it on computer mode and you went, hey, computer, I'm going to play the Chargers against the Raiders. And you did it a hundred times. I'll bet you money, uh, no, like not, not, not like six bucks cash. Yeah, I will bet you six bucks cash in a 100 game simulation for the computers that they would have the Chargers win the majority of those games. Because really? The Chargers are, yeah, I think there's just a little more talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. There's a little more talent for the Chargers than the Raiders have.
2: And, and look, Fitz, I, I completely understand what you're saying, where you look at these two teams, and, and if you really wanted to, you could make an argument that both these teams had a lot of similarities, have a lot of similarities going into 2022. The big thing for me, though, is that you talk about, oh, you know, the Chargers haven't been able to get to the playoffs, they haven't been able to do this, they haven't been able to do that, they've had these, you know, late season collapses, it feels like six out of every seven years. The Raiders didn't have that last year. The Raiders kind of got that monkey off their back. The Raiders got into the postseason by, you know, it, it looked like an incredible long shot there in late November, but they somehow figured it out. They somehow got there. They've kind of equipped. Eclips- they've broken through that ceiling. So I, I think to look at them, uh, you know, I think it's fair to look at them in, in, in a similar vein because, like you said, they do have a lot of similarities. But the one big difference is one of those teams was playing postseason football last year, And that team wears silver and black. You're not wrong. We'll continue the debate. I'll figure out where Eddie has the Chargers,
1: and you'll find out where I have the Raiders. We'll do all of that. 702-365-9200. That's how you get in on the phone calls. We are tiering all of the teams in the AFC. We'll figure out where we've got those two teams next. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz, and we're in for JT on the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio.
0: This is the JT The Brick Show. Filling in for JT today is ESPN's Jason Fitz and Raiders.com Eddie Pascal. Look at that!
1: We're back! Oh! We are back and big time. Oh, maybe Shout I out to, to Bobby like- one time. What? oh maybe that's our new like like slogan when we come back. We're back and we're in the big time? I, I don't know, like we're workshop this, like Yeah, you know, let's feel-
2: uh, yeah, like it's all open to workshop and fit. Like well, I'll try we- that
1: oh, wait, I'll try that again. Hold up. Ready for the delivery on this, Eddie? Yep. We are back and in the big time Eddie Pascal Jason Fitz. Look at that. I mean Woo! that's just radio radio gold right there. Uh we're in for JT the for now <laughs> to 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 right for today. We'll see. no, we're hanging out uh and as always uh we're trying to get everybody uh fired up talking all things Raiders 702-365-9200 just how you get in on the fun. Mac in LA calling the show. We'll get back to tearing everybody but we want to let Mac get in. Mac, thanks for hanging out with us brother. What you got? Hey, uh come
0: on man. Y'all 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 come on the show once, and y'all picking the char- y'all got the Chargers to, uh, the Chargers are just paper champions every year. I hate to say that, but they there's no way they they better than us. You can say their defense is a little better than ours. I agree with you on that. But our offense is just as good as them. and who won at the end of the season to get in the playoff? And as far as the tiers, it's, ain't no way Buffalo is, is the best team right now. There, there's no The Rams are better on in the NFC. But as far as the AFC, till so they beat Kansas City, they you, they got to prove it. They have not beat Kansas City, so they're not the best in that tier right now. I think All they're, right, below, I, they're I, below Kansas City. You got to beat I, I, the team. It's facts.
1: No, no. but Well, thanks for the call, Mac. The, the problem is everything rebuilds every year. So, like, I honestly don't really give a damn. What happened last year between the Bills and the Chiefs or the year before that? Because in my mind, the Chiefs took a massive step backwards. Frankly, we're not ranking the teams in order. But if I were ranking the teams in order in the AFC West, I'd have the Chiefs in third right now. Like, And, and that doesn't – the Raiders didn't beat the Chiefs last year. Does that mean that I don't think the Raiders can be better than the Chiefs this year? No. Nah, it's a total different team, especially the, the absence of Tyreek Hill means more than just the absence of Tyreek Hill. It means that everybody has to defend the Chiefs differently now. And one of the most important things that I learned watching tape last year with Ryan Clark at one particular time, he was showing me defensive linings and uh, or positionings, I should say, and he was showing me the way safeties and linebackers cheated everything to create some sort of a help to atone for whatever Tyreek Hill was going to do. And by doing that, it created openings everywhere else on the field. Without that, I think the Chiefs take a big step back. So I I don't think the fact that the Bills haven't beaten the Chiefs really matters. Like, if if you haven't beaten the Patriots, but they don't have Tom Brady anymore, that doesn't matter. Like, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. So I think the Chiefs take a step back.
2: You know, and and to be fair, Fitz, right? Like, we talk about last year being last year. You you think Dave Ziggler and Josh McDaniels cared what happened in the AFC West last year? I don't. I don't. I don't think they've thought about that for one second. You know, in terms of how they. I, I think. Why? Well, that's not fair. I think obviously they've looked back at the tape and they've kind of used what happened last year as kind of a baseline for what they want to do in twenty twenty two and beyond. But if you know, in terms of the rankings, in terms of looking at what teams do and, and don't do, like. It happened. It's in the past. Now, I think that there's kind of philosophical, uh, you know, mental hurdles into that, right? We talked about how the fact that last year the Raiders did get back into the postseason. That was something that was we've talked about time and time again is, like, oh, it's great. They have these stretches, but can they do it for a full year? Can they bounce back from adversity? Can they do what they need to do? Can this core group of players, led by Derek Carr, Max Crosby, and Darren Waller, can they kind of take take that punch on the chin and get back into the tournament? And they did it. Now, obviously, the, the tournament didn't end the way they wanted it to. But just in kind of an overarching sense, Fitz, the, this core group of Raiders showed what they can be capable of in 2022. Uh, but now it all it all kind of resets, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and I think the hard part is that anytime you take one game as the definitive reason, you know, we're looking at the last game of the season is the reason why the Raiders are better than the Chargers, right? That That's what Mac is looking at in L.A., I think you need context for all of it. Number one, the Raiders last year tied the NFL record for most overtime wins. They won four games in overtime. That's a tie. Only two other teams have ever done that. That shows you how good this team was at closing out. That also shows you that this team had a lot of games they easily could have lost, right? Like, I think that that's a fair fair context when you look moving forward at what teams are going to look like. Also, the Chargers added J.C. Jackson, and if the Raiders had added J.C. Jackson, the world would be absolutely freaking about out about what a huge addition it was. Raiders fans would be freaking out about what a huge addition it is. So, you know, the, the Chargers go out and aggressively get J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. So, to to Mac's point, what Mac just said with us on the phone was, man, okay, maybe their defense is a little better than our defense is, but our offense is as good as theirs. I don't disagree with any of that. I think the Chargers and Raiders' offenses are both top-five caliber offenses in the NFL. I just think the Chargers' defense is a little better. And so, if I take my fan hat off, then i got to look at it and put the Chargers above the Raiders.
2: And I think it's important to once again double down on this, Fitz. You think that the defense is better today – on May 19th, 2022, right? By the time we get to training camp and look, it feels like every year uh, throughout the course of a camp, whether it and look, this is not specific to the Raiders, but whether it's the Raiders, the Niners, the Chiefs, whoever it is, you learn a lot about your team in camp. You there's always one or two pleasant surprises and one or two oh, I thought That was going to be a little different moments that you come out after that four-week stretch. So, you know, there's a very realistic possibility, Fitz, that when we get ready, you know, for week one, that you're like, okay, the, the defense is further along than we thought it was going to be. You know, this aspect of the 2022 Raiders, we feel a lot better about than we did on May 19th. So it's all fluid. It's all dynamic. The only constant in the NFL is that everything is going to change and that we will talk about it and dissect it over and over and over and over again. That being said, as we tear everything out, Eddie,
1: I like I've got the chargers and the Raiders within the same tier, I think. I just I, I feel like they're sort of a different ends of a, of a very narrow tier, right like I, I look at the chargers and say if there's a tier that's the the rest of the best in the AFC, not name the bills, the the next level of tier for me, it's hard not to put. The Chargers in there, it's hard not to put the Bengals in there coming off of not only a Super Bowl run, but also a massive amount of uh, offseason additions that I think makes the Bengals even stronger. Their offensive line was their weakness. They went out and spent just gobbles and gobbles of money to go out and fix that. I don't know what a gobble is exactly. Don't look it up. Uh, But they spent boatloads of money to get that figured out. I think the Bengals are in that tier. I think the Raiders are in that tier. And I think that the Chiefs are Barely in that tier, but I do think that the, the part of this exercise is realizing that I believe three of the four teams in the AFC are, or in the AFC West are in that second tier that is capable of winning uh, an AFC championship.
2: And I'm glad you brought that up because when you were kind of going through your list there, the one thing that really stood out to me was that you did not include the Denver Broncos in that second tier. Uh, and now look, for better or for worse, the Broncos have gotten a lot of love this offseason, and deservedly so. Russell Wilson is one of those dudes in the NFL. But what would you need to see in between now and week one, Fitz, from the Broncos to maybe you know bump them up into that, not Bills, but really darn good tier?
1: Yeah, I think that there's an element of Russell Wilson that I need to see develop with these receivers because I'm not sure it's as simple. Like, I think Russell Wilson is somebody that rightfully so has a lot of brand recognition for what he's accomplished in the NFL – but I don't know that, let Russ cook, you know, Mina Kimes always uh, talks about Russ, and, and I think if you look at it at some point, you got to remember Seattle did a great job, especially in the beginning of building an offensive line around Russell Wilson that was comfortable with the way he wants to play quarterback, and everybody was able to get on the same page quickly. I, I still am waiting for the ascension of Jerry Judy, somebody that I thought was the best wide receiver in his class when he came out. I'm waiting for that ascension. I'm waiting for the weapons that we talk about every year to develop, but I think that it it's going to take a little bit more time for a quarterback that is, I mean, as great as Russ is, he is a little short. He does things a little differently. Like you have to work on those things. I just don't think it it comes together as quickly as everybody wants it to.
2: And, and I agree with you there a hundred percent. I think that the, Broncos that we're going to see in September October is going to be very different than the Broncos we see in November December and that, that's you know across the board in the NFL These team, you know teams mature they grow they evolve but especially for Russell Wilson and to your point having a you know now for the first time in how many years adjust to a new system adjust look Russ is a human being too where's Russ going to live where's he going to get his dry cleaning done all that kind of that there's a very human element of all this even for a dude who has been in the league for gosh a, a decade or however long he's been there but I think that as Russ is given that time, as Russ kind of matures and grows those relationships with his guys on that offensive side of the football, they're going to be a good football team, man, because we saw them, obviously we see them twice every year, but my my thought so many times, and I'm pretty good buddies with, the, with a few of the guys on the Broncos digital staff, is that we looked at it the same way, where you watch them play, and, and not even including the games that we played them, but you just look at them kind of across the board for a year, and you just really look and you go, man, they'd be pretty good if they had a quarterback. Well, they got a quarterback now,
1: Fitz. Yeah, that's, you're right, and I need to see all that gel together. There's also – one other team I left out of that tier and I shouldn't have and it's the Baltimore Ravens. No team lost more to, uh, starters to injury last year than Baltimore and they still finished 8 and 9, I know, but they were in the playoff conversation all the way to the very end. If they're healthy, I think Baltimore could be dangerous. That leaves a lot of teams that we haven't broken down. We need to break down. Plus we'll get more of your thoughts on it. 702-365-9200. Maybe we'll change our mind of the Broncos. We'll keep debating where the AFC lies in the tiers and then figure out where the Raiders really belong in all of it next. It's Eddie Pascal, I'm Jason Fitz. We're in for JT The Brick on Raider Nation Radio.